If you don't have an email list, then you don't have a direct line to your customers. Reaching your clients, audience, supporters, and fans with the right message at the right time in the right place becomes easy when you've got a strategic email list in place. My email list is the number one way I drive profits in my business. And major bonus here, it's a lot easier and way more fun than you might think. That's why I'm teaching a free live workshop all about growing your email list called From Zero Subscribers or Zero Strategy to an Engaged Email List That Lasts. I'll show you how to kick off your email list building strategy with no fear because I know it can be scary to start something new in your business. Save your virtual seat at growanemaillist.com. Inside of my free live workshop, you'll learn why email marketing is 10 times more effective than posting on social media, my secret to sending out weekly emails without adding a ton of work to my plate, my best tips for getting people to hit subscribe, and what to actually say to them to convert them from subscribers to paying clients and customers. Save your seat now at growanemaillist.com. That's growanemaillist.com to get started with an email list strategy that drives real results. I'll see you at the masterclass. Whatever is challenging or hurtful that you might be facing in business, know that you can overcome it. And maybe even you'll evolve and become a better person because of it. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing numbers, and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I'm a small town mama who took a $300 camera, grew a successful photo biz, and now I work from home and run a seven-figure online business. I teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career you adore. Shy away from the real talk? (laughs) No way. Money, hardship, growth, loss, and marketing are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal mixed with business school. Pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. This is the Gold Digger Podcast. Raise your hand if you've ever heard the phrase, it's business, not personal. I mean, we should all be waving our hands right now, unless, of course, you're driving, because this is one of those sayings that's so ingrained in our culture, whether we've heard it in the movies or it's been said as advice from your own family members. But what does it really mean when you run your own business that you've built from square one from the ground up? Like, how can we actually remove the personal feelings and emotions and attachment to our businesses when a lot of times they're kind of like a baby to us? And should we run our dreams emotionless, feelingless? If you're an entrepreneur, there's a good chance that you are doing what you love and that should be charged with emotions, passion, because we started this, we created this, we grew this. And well, to me, that's really dang personal. From getting copied to feeling judged, receiving nasty comments to watching competitors soar, there are a lot of ways that things can start to feel like a personal attack in business. And it's natural to feel defensive, protective, competitive, and emotional about your business as you grow it. But when those emotions threaten to hold you back, to get in the way of your progress, to steamroll your success or sabotage your creativity, well, then we've got to find healthy ways to deal with and cope with our emotions. Sometimes you have to remove the emotions behind business so you can rely more on facts than feelings and equations instead of emotions. And frankly, I feel like I'm relatively unemotional when it comes to business decisions because basically I want to use up that energy to be present in my real life with my family, to soak up time and make memories. But there have also been plenty, and I mean plenty of times, where my emotions ran the show and threatened to pull me off course. 
I used to waste a lot of time and lose a lot of sleep over business, but now I've learned to let things go easier and I know how to differentiate feedback from peer criticism and how to look at facts and feelings from a more bird's eye view. Trust me when I say this is not an overnight process. It takes a lot of work, perspective, a lot of intention and self-awareness, and even still it's a practice that I have not and probably will never perfect. So when should we take things personally or choose to brush things off? And how do we move forward with confidence and stay on our own personal path as we chase our dreams? It all comes down to a case-by-case scenario. And so today, I want to talk about some triggers and situations in running a business that might cause us to tense up or get hurt feelings and what I think we should do about them in order to move forward and feel at peace. I mean, we don't want to spend our lives sweating the small stuff that's not going to matter in the long run, right? So let's dive on in and get to talking. Gold diggers, I have a podcast recommendation for you. If you like staying in the know when it comes to trends in business, well, you'll love my first million podcast hosted by Sam Parr and Sean Pori, brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network. My First Million brainstorms new business ideas based on trends and opportunities in the market and shares the stories of how companies made their first million. It's conversational and interesting with insights on topics that we don't always get into on Gold Digger. NFTs with Gary Vaynerchuk, direct-to-consumer strategies, how vending machines are generating millions. Sean and Sam have their ear to the ground for the next big thing in business, and the guests are top-notch. Listen to My First Million wherever you go to get your podcasts. Okay, so let's start by talking about the rule of five. We all know the feeling of starting to get worked up by something that's frustrating or hurtful, whether you've gotten unkind feedback or see someone who's totally ripping off your entire brand's aesthetic. There's this mama lion tendency in all of us that emerges when we feel wronged in our businesses. It can take a quick scroll down the wrong corner of the web or a nasty email or feeling like you're judged or even just a few words in your comment section to start the spiral. And all of a sudden you find your pulse racing and your skin getting hot and you want to just slam your laptop shut and call it a day. For me, my first tendency is to protect and defend. When I feel myself starting to get reactive to something someone else has said or done to affect my business, I always try to revert to this rule of five, which you've likely heard before. If not, you simply pause whatever you're doing, take a deep breath or maybe five of them, and then ask yourself, is this going to matter in five minutes, five days, five weeks, five months, and five years? So often I'll realize that while yes, this thing might still be annoying or irritating or hurtful in five minutes or even five days, oftentimes it's not going to matter one iota in five weeks, months, or years. I probably won't even remember most issues that far down the road. And heck, I mean, I don't even remember what I ate for breakfast today. It's such a simple and small practice that can seriously ground you and keep you focused on what matters. I found that gentle perspective shifts like this can help to keep me here on earth when I feel myself going down this emotional spiral and I can pause to remember that so many of these irritations that we encounter as business owners are really just hiccups or miscommunications, truly things that don't really matter. And they're not necessarily indicators of how well we're performing or where we're headed. So what do we do about the things that do last and hit us longer than five minutes? Maybe you ask yourself that question and you're like, uh, but yes, this is actually going to bother me in five months. 
Today, I was talking to someone who is in a crisis with their business. And as I tried to avoid being annoying and just commiserate with them, because I think sometimes we need that, I also had to say, trust me, you're not even going to remember this in a few years. Now, there have been so many times in my business where something feels absolutely consuming and I get sucked in. But very, very, very few things have stuck with me. And the ones that have, have carried powerful lessons along with them. Like they were actually catalysts that inspired growth or evolution or change. And so it's inevitable. Like some things are going to stick with us, whether it's criticism, nasty comments, judgment, people who decide they never want to work with you. Let's walk through some of the scenarios I've personally faced in my decade of entrepreneurship because I know so many of my entrepreneur friends have faced similar situations, but they rarely talk about them, especially in public. So first off, when you're in crisis or taking something personally, it's totally natural to feel embarrassed to even share it or welcome people into what you're dealing with. There's a lot of shame that happens when we're criticized or when people put us down or when there's a nasty comment. And I found that so many people isolate themselves when the behind the scenes isn't as pretty as Instagram makes it look. But the truth is when you can share what's going on with someone close to you, you might get a new perspective that can help you through it. It's important to assess the situation, whatever it is, to look at it as objectively as you can when you're experiencing something that's super emotional or really hard. And it almost always helps to pull yourself out of the storyline and kind of look at the situation as if it was something that was happening to a friend of yours rather than happening in your own life. Like, what would you tell your friend to do in these situations? If she were worked up or offended, you'd likely do what you could to help her calm down, look at the situation from an outsider's perspective as much as you possibly could. Maybe you'd talk through it, uncover the options and how to move forward and figure out how to best let it go so that she could move on and continue on her way of serving and impacting and helping others. Now, I know it's hard. It's easier said than done, right? Like, just imagine it's your friend, but you know it's you, right? You know it's you. But sometimes we really do need to take a step away and treat our own businesses like they're not our babies when it comes to challenging feedback or hurtful circumstances as much as we possibly can. I think for entrepreneurs, a lot of times the line gets blurred between work and life. And they get so deeply intertwined that when we're going through something hard, it's really challenging to separate the barrier of where work ends and life begins. And when you're going through something hard, that's why it can feel so consuming. You can't just close your office door and punch the time clock and leave. You're kind of living that experience. And so it's really important that we understand that we can take a step away, that we can take a step back. And as easy as it is to start assuming things or writing your own story or what you think the outcome about the situation will become, remember that most people aren't out to get you or harm you in any way. I mean, we've all heard that saying, hurt people hurt people, right? Even the meanest of haters often have some kind of misunderstanding or they're going through something painful in their own lives, causing them to lash out. But I've also learned that so many issues can be fixed with a quick, compassionate conversation where you can find a common ground and understanding and somehow meet in the middle or agree to disagree. So let's talk about what that can look like. First, let's talk about how to address bad ratings or reviews, or even if you should address them in the first place. So first off, if you're putting yourself and your work out there and you're attempting to make an impact you will get criticism and you likely will experience a bad review or rating or a nasty email at some point. 
And honestly, the first time something like this happens, it can be soul crushing. It's so devastating to read something nasty about yourself or your work or the experience that someone got. And so choosing how and if you respond can be super tricky. And my first piece of advice is to not respond or make any decisions immediately. Now, you don't want to let it simmer for weeks on end. I'm talking about like 24 to 48 hours max. Take some space. Take a little bit of time. Step away from the situation. Again, most of us start to get defensive. Like that's our first notion, right? We want to defend ourselves. We want to hit reply and get going, but take a step back. Now, if you do feel compelled to respond because the experience shared was clearly a misunderstanding or some sort of mix up or something beyond your control, then do so in a respectful manner, respecting their words, their feelings, their experience, but supplying a response that also helps clarify or communicate what happened, how you can remedy it, and what your next steps are. And I always, if there's anything like this, send the response to someone to edit it prior to posting, right? Like let someone who is outside of the situation help make sure that your words are landing correctly. Like for example, let's say someone leaves you a negative review on a product that you sold them that arrived broken, but you're more than willing to send a replacement at no cost. You just didn't know that they had this experience. For something like that, I personally would address it in a public forum as a public response to their review if it's possible so that you can respond, clarify the issue, and offer a remedy. Since it's proven that people do look to reviews to make purchasing decisions, I think that having a public polite response with an attempt to remedy and an option to get additional support can go a very long way. So I always try to approach it from this place of understanding. So you can state the facts, for example, saying something like, We are so sorry your product arrived damaged. I understand you are disappointed with this product. We pride ourselves on delivering high quality products. We'd be more than happy to send you a replacement at no cost to you. Please contact us at XYZ so we can process a replacement and get it sent out to you immediately. One thing that helps me, whether it's responding to an email or a DM or anything that feels emotional is to write the response and then go back over it and remove any emotionally charged words to focus more on the facts and how you're able to remedy the solution. We literally have this book for Coco that's called How to Apologize. And in it, it talks about how to not give excuses or to belittle someone's feelings, but to be clear honest and sincere in your response. So that little page in her book always reminds me, remove the fluff or the excuses and listen and then respond with sincerity. Now, if you get a review that is just straight up critical with nothing there for you to help solve or fix, try to step back once more and look at it like it's not your business again. I know, right? But is there any truthful feedback that you can take from it? Does anything that they are saying hold weight? Is there an opportunity or an invitation for you to do better? Take that piece of it, even if it's super, super small, and move forward with growth. But if it's just downright mean or created straight up to cut you down, let it go. A huge thing that has helped me in terms of this is when I can define if something is truly feedback or intentionally hurtful criticism. Getting honest about which camp the words lie in helps me to know what I can do about it. Can I actually take action and grow from this feedback? Or is this an example of criticism that I need to let go of and move on? Do what you can to wipe your hands of the hateful criticism and remember that not everyone is going to love you or love what you do or be the right fit for you or your business. 
A huge part of marketing is attracting the right people and repelling the wrong ones. And this is usually easier said than done. But when you focus on the people who you can and who you want to impact and let go of those who were never meant for you, it can help keep you focused on what you can and should do and keep you on the path. Now, let's lean on a quote that should be more like a mantra. I have no idea who originally said this. It's been said by a million different people and attributed to a million different people. Someone else's opinion of me is none of my business. And while I love the idea, I think that practicing it and living out that notion is easier said than done, especially if you have people who are repeat offenders, aka what we lovingly refer to as trolls or haters. And you've got to figure out what you can do to protect your peace. If it's to block and move on or mute their commentary or just let it slide past you. And one thing to note too, whenever we're on this topic, I think it's really easy to point fingers at things like trolls or haters. But I think that one of the hardest parts about running a business is when you do get criticism or judgment from people that you know and love. Like it's easier to talk about someone who creates a fake profile and says mean things. But if you've experienced people that are close to you in your life or people that you genuinely care about or know, I think that's way harder personally. So I mean, it's interesting because it's like you've got to figure out how to navigate those things and people change. Like that's the whole point of living. Like when someone says you've changed, hopefully it's for the better, but that's the point. And there are types of people who comment rude things that have zero helpful feedback. And they're usually just doing it to get some sort of rise or reaction out of you or someone in your community. But the thing is, is that like when they get that reaction, even if the reaction is you calmly or kindly stating your side or explaining a misconception, they're often not going to or willing to change their minds or come around. Like I've said this before, my first automatic response is defensiveness. And maybe you're similar. Like you want people to like you and to respect you and to understand your intentions. But a lot of times when we respond from that place, it can sometimes just open up more room for criticism and add more fuel to the fire. I've learned to not respond from that place and instead try my best to just step back, stay out of it. And if something is truly eating me up or making me lose sleep after a day or two, I might reach out directly to see if the person is willing to have a conversation. But most of the time, it's just not worth your time and energy. Like, there's that quote, like, if it costs you your peace, it's too expensive. And that's just something I live by, especially now as a mom, where I'm like, if something that someone said is like taking away my energy or consuming my thoughts and taking away my opportunity to make memories with my child, it's not worth it. You know, you've got to let it go. And I mean, it helps when you remember that most people are just that they're people, they have pasts and beliefs and faults and emotions and triggers. And when we're in these sticky situations, it's like, man, we are all just imperfect humans on this path trying to do the best we can. We all have hurts. We all have misconceptions. And while many people wouldn't necessarily choose to air those out in public by cutting down someone that they don't even know, some people do. And that's their own prerogative. It's not necessarily a reflection of who you are and the work that you do or the impact you make on the world. I think it's hard to remember that, but it's important too. If you've reached a point in your business where a customer relationship management platform is necessary to keep growing to the next level, well, you'll want to work with a CRM that's simple and seamless to implement and use. HubSpot's powerful CRM platform is easy to adopt, which leads to better data, richer insights, and a bigger impact on customer experience. 
Tools like HubSpot's contact timeline give you the historical context you need to get work done and connect with customers. And because all of your customer data is in one place, it can serve as a single source of information about each customer's history with your brand. Past conversations, messages, all of it. And you can take action right from the contact timeline. Make a call, enroll a contact in a sequence, schedule a meeting, and more. And if you're on the go, you can use the HubSpot mobile app. Super key for our constantly evolving online businesses. Learn more about how you can scale your company without scaling complexity at HubSpot.com. Hey, gold diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top-notch. Article's online-only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and always there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. It's also important to remember that we cannot change anyone else or their perspective of us. True trolls who are there to just nitpick or be nasty will often stick around if you add fuel to their fire. But if they see that their attempts are being ignored, you're likely going to get rid of them much faster than trying to change your mind or reason with them. Again, choose where your time and energy is going to go. Is it going to go into people who will never like you or believe you or purchase from you? Or is it going to go into the people that you serve, the people that you make an impact on, the people that make you a difference maker because of what you do and what you put out into the world? Now, let's talk about people who are ripping you off or copying pieces of your business. Ay, ay, ay. Maybe you see a website that looks oddly similar or even identical to your own, or you notice that someone in your industry is posting about all the same topics that you post about on social media just one week later. As someone who has been on the receiving end of copycats countless times, I know how frustrating and aggravating this can be. I actually did an episode all about being copied literally years ago, and you can find that if you want to scroll all the way back to episode number 47, or if you go onto my blog and just type in what to do when you've been copied at jennacutcherblog.com, I have this action plan if you notice that someone is out there mimicking your work. But something important to remember is that in our digital world, it's sometimes really hard to differentiate being inspired by or copying others completely. Like we see and take in so much messaging and imagery and branding all day, every day, that it's common to take pieces of things that we admire, things that inspire us and use them in our own efforts. 
But when we notice it's our stuff getting swiped, it's really easy to get protective and defensive and rightfully so. There have been multiple occasions where someone launches a website that looks oddly similar to my custom site. And most of the time I call in my designer, Jen, to look and just see what she thinks since she's the creator behind my work. Like people in my community will be like, I think someone ripped this off and like send me websites and things like that all the time. And so if we can pull screenshots that show the similarities and they're way too close for comfort, we generally will reach out to the creator or the designer in a super kind way and just protect our own work, but also encourage them that we don't want our pages to look the exact same. We want to be different. We want them to be custom. We want to showcase ourselves in a unique way. I mean, we've gotten apology flowers before. We've gotten sincere emails in response. And most of the time, the situation is remedied quickly. And we're all just able to move on and get back to business without hard feelings. And it's kind of funny too. So Jen is my web designer. We've worked together for years. And recently, they launched these different templates. We love Tonic Site Shop. If you go to jennacutcher.com slash tonic, you can see what I'm talking about here. But they have gorgeous, gorgeous website templates. And the other day, they had released these add-ons. And one of the add-ons was a timeline. And when we built my custom website, one of my big ideas was I wanted to have this awesome timeline that just showed my decade of entrepreneurship all broken out. And they released these timeline templates, and one of them looked very similar to the one that we had designed just a year ago. And I messaged Jen quickly, and I was like, hey, I just want you to know I feel kind of weird about this, that this is a template. We worked so hard on creating this to be original, and I just want to make sure that we're kind of protecting my collateral and the integrity of my own site. And right away, Jen was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I guess I didn't realize the side-by-side similarities. I'm taking it down right now. If you feel any sort of way, like I would way rather just take it down so that it doesn't feel weird. And it was so cool because both of us were not super emotional when it comes to business. We're both moms. We're busy. And I messaged her before I recorded this and I was like, can I share this story? Because we like literally within five minutes came to a conclusion, changed it up. We felt good about it and we weren't emotional about it. It didn't keep me up at night being like, why would she do this? It was just one of those things that it was like a misunderstanding. It was where inspiration got very close to imitation. We drew the line in the sand and we moved forward and it wasn't awkward or weird. It was just honest. And so not every exchange is going to be like that. We've built this relationship. We're on the same team. We want the same goal. But it was just a beautiful example of like, this doesn't have to be super emotionally charged. We can just say what we're feeling and then try to come up with a resolution that makes sense for us. And the thing is, is that it can just be really frustrating if you feel like your hard work or your creativity is getting ripped off. Like whenever that happens, I usually just pause, like go on a walk or take a little time away before doing anything. Because I think, again, in any of these situations, especially when our emotions are high, it's so important that you approach a situation from a clear-headed space and just let your emotions cool off. It doesn't mean you need to remove your emotions, but let the heat kind of die down a little bit. And that line between inspiration and imitation is so thin. So it really requires a clear head before you do anything. So first you have to determine, is this something that like actually requires legal action? Like if someone is infringing on your copyrights or impacting your ability to do business. And if that's the case, then the first step is getting in touch with some sort of legal counsel so that they can advise and take it from there. 
But if it's something that's not really affecting your business or legalities, but it's still clearly a copycat situation, then you have a few options. After I've taken a little space, I like to write an email as though it's to the person who copied you, but then I send it to myself or just save it in my drafts. And in the email, I simply express what I've noticed, why it's hurt or upset me. And then I draft a proposed action plan. The other thing that's super helpful is if something is actually copied, if you can do any side-by-side screenshots and share exactly where the similarities felt like copying, it can be really helpful to see it illustrated for someone. That's what we do if we feel like our website is getting ripped off. So try to position your sentences from this place. I feel like I'm pulling this from Coco's book again, (laughs) how to apologize from I feel standpoint rather than pointing a finger and being like, you did this, you did that and placing the blame. And then before doing anything with the email, I like to sit and at least wait 24 hours. After that period of time, you might realize that you've worked out your frustrations by simply just writing them down and getting them out. Or you might realize it is important for you to actually send this communication to the other person. If you can let it go and move on, then my advice is to try and do just that. But if you feel like your frustration is going to sit and fester, then reach out, share how you feel. Life is too short to brew up conflict in your own world without the other person even knowing it's happening, right? So the thing to keep in mind too here is if you are going to reach out and you are going to bring it up, what happens next can be a number of things. You are not in control of the outcome. They might apologize. They might come up with a plan to make a change. They might deny any copying. They might not respond at all. You need to go in knowing that any of these scenarios could very likely play out. So it's good to recognize that while sharing your thoughts openly is important, you will never be able to change what someone else is doing or fully get them to see where you're coming from. It's a judgment call on your part, whether you'll feel better sending the correspondence and hopefully finding a solution or to simply write down how you feel for your own peace of mind and then move on from there. Gold diggers, we all know the B2B landscape can be a bit complex. From lengthy buying cycles to complicated decision-making processes, reaching your target audience can be tough, but I found a solution tailored just for you. LinkedIn ads. A whopping 79% of B2B content marketers say LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. That's because with LinkedIn ads, you're not just casting a wide net and hoping for the best. You're strategically building relationships and driving real results. We're talking about a platform with over a billion members, including 180 million senior level executives and 10 million C-level executives. You are networking with the actual decision makers. And LinkedIn's targeting and measurement tools are specifically designed for B2B marketers, meaning you're not wasting time or money on irrelevant leads. In fact, in the tech industry, LinkedIn ads have been shown to generate two to five times higher return on ad spend compared to other social media platforms. Using LinkedIn ads allows you to stay ahead of the curve when it comes to industry trends and developments, whether it's finding the perfect partner for a collaboration or uncovering new opportunities for growth, LinkedIn can be your secret weapon. Make B2B marketing everything it can be and get a hundred dollar credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash goal to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash goal. Terms and conditions apply. On top of my many titles as mom, entrepreneur, and creative, I've also added host. Drew and I host on Airbnb on our favorite island in Hawaii. We started hosting as a way to make some extra income, and we've had such an easy breezy experience. 
Now we host year after year, and it's been a fantastic side hustle. Not to brag, but we've also been crowned Airbnb Superhost several times, so we are really killing the game. It's about having spaces we can enjoy as a family while creating memorable experiences for our guests, and it helps that we earn a little extra cash on the side. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. As far as potential clients who choose not to work with you or even ghost you, that's another tricky scenario in business that can be hard to not take personally. When I was first starting out as a wedding photographer, I was personally offended when people didn't choose me as their photographer. Like I didn't realize that I might not be in budget or the style they liked. I just thought that they must not like me as a person or trust me. And thoughts like that are not helpful in any way. When I finally realized that I wasn't and shouldn't try to be the photographer for everyone and that I only needed to attract and book just 25 couples each year to reach my financial goals, it changed how I felt about my work, how emotional I was, and where I was able to put those emotions into attracting the right clients and not every single person. So sometimes it is awesome to lean on things like equations over emotions. When I did the math, I was like, I don't need to appeal to every person I graduated college with that's suddenly getting married. And I shouldn't appeal to every single one. If I'm doing things right, then attracting and repelling is the right way to go. So really, if you're getting super emotional about things like that, lean on the equations, see how many clients you actually do need to reach those goals and focus on reaching the right people there. And here's the thing, it might sting if you hit it off with someone, but then they ultimately choose another option. I like to remember, people are not always going to remember what you do or exactly what you say or how much you cost, but they will remember how you made them feel. So if you throw yourself a pity party or respond coldly or just don't respond at all, that probably isn't the best impression to leave them with after interacting with you or your business. As much as it might hurt to get passed up for an opportunity reputations do follow you. So wish them well, make sure they're taken care of, send them off in a memorable and kind way, and then move forward and serve your people. Now, one last thing, but possibly most important bit of advice when it comes to not taking things personally is to make sure that you have formal written agreements and contracts in place with every person you decide to work with. If you're entering into a project or business with another person or a few other people, things can feel and should feel pretty great at the start. Like everyone's excited to be creating together. Maybe you're even friends and that's why you decided to team up and build your dream business together in the first place. Without dipping into too much pessimism here, I want to remind you that you never feel like you need a contract or a formal written agreement with your partner or contributors when things are going well. However, If things take a turn or if they start to go sour, that's when you need a contract to protect not only your investment of time and money, but also to maintain your relationship. If things are already going south, you'll be hard pressed to get any ink on a page retroactively. Now, I am a massive stickler for contracts to protect all working and professional relationships that enter my business today. Investing in a contract template, at the very least, or hiring an attorney to draft up a specific agreement for your situation is way cheaper upfront than walking through a costly legal battle down the line without a contract in place. Not to mention, if you want to save or salvage a friendship or relationship with your partners, a written and signed agreement that details everyone's roles and responsibilities, as well as ways to remedy disputes, is the best insurance for those relationships. 
If you don't have the resources to hire a lawyer to draft up specific contracts for everything that you've got going on, head to jennacutcher.com slash contracts. And that is my number one resource where we get our contracts, whether it's for NDAs or contractor relationships or any type of partnership. I am constantly making sure that we have contracts for just about everything because it really sets a standard. It helps protect your relationships proactively. It lays everything out on the line and it makes it super clear what you're committing to so that there are no question marks or hard feelings. Now, the biggest takeaway that I want you to remember today is that you're not supposed to be for everybody. And that doesn't make this stuff any easier, right? It is hard work to feel rejected or criticized or passed by and to still show up with a positive outlook in your business every day. One of my guy friends calls it success tax. And I hate it because it makes it standardized. Like it's just something we should expect. And I mean, honestly, frankly, it is. When you're doing big things, when you're putting things out into the world, you are going to get feedback that isn't always complimentary. But it doesn't necessarily mean it gets easier. You just get better at dealing with it. Now, it can be challenging to disconnect your feelings from the very thing you've created and put out into the world. So I want to end by acknowledging that some days it's going to feel heavy. It's going to be consuming. Some days you're not going to be able to cut your emotions from your actions in your business. And that is completely normal, especially when you're passionate about what you do. On those days, just recognize that you are simply doing the best that you can. Do what you can to take care of yourself to take care of your mental health, whether it's going and reading positive feedback and comments from past clients who loved your work, or maybe just totally disconnecting from work altogether for a few hours, putting your phone on airplane mode and just getting out into nature and getting some fresh air. The thing is, is that you've got to do what you need to do to take care of you. And I promise that you will feel better about it, maybe in five minutes, maybe in five days or five months, but I definitely hope it doesn't stick with you for five years. Whatever is challenging or hurtful that you might be facing in business, know that you can overcome it. And maybe even you'll evolve and become a better person because of it. Yes, it is just business, but oftentimes it is also personal. And that's okay as long as you have healthy ways to cope, to make wise decisions, and to continue moving forward with healthy communication and a clear vision. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Gold Digger Podcast. I sincerely hope it reached your heart today. And until next time, Gold Diggers, keep on digging your biggest goals. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger Podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for gold diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com. Hey, gold diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs, 
We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top notch. Article's online only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer care team is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and always there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more.